Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shoot the Breeze podcast. The original guest had to reschedule, so a big thank you to my friend Joey for coming in and having a chat with me today. How you going, Joey? Nice, thanks for having me on. A good morning, actually. So It was a good morning. It was a good morning. We'll get into that in a second. There's a lot going on, especially in football at the moment. But before we get into all of that, I want to ask you, if you could have a dinner date with two people, dead or alive, who would you like to have a dinner date with? Okay, dinner date dead would be Queen. Um, Queen? Yeah. Well, Freddie... Uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Okay, Queen. yeah. Freddie Mercury, yeah. Um, it's just... His music's brilliant. Oh, know? yeah. And genuine person. Imagine some of the, the weird stories you could get off that guy. Oh, mate. Don't get me started. And alive, probably John Cena. John Cena. Bring my love, childhood back. I love that. Unfortunately, you wouldn't be able to see him the whole well, time. Well, yeah, that would make things less awkward for me because I'll probably get stage fright looking oh, he's, at him. So he's a big I can't man. See him, I'll be like, well, I'll just talk to myself. He's Good a, at that anyway. He's a big man. He's a massive man. He really is. Makes ba- me look like a toothpick. <laughs> back on back on the Freddie Mercury talk. What what is your favorite Queen song? Uh, Bohemian. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah it's, a, it's it's the general standard. I think it's a classic. It's a classic, and the yeah. movie just made it that much better. Oh, so, yeah, it's a good movie. movie and, mate, Rami Malik killed it. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant performance. Really brought the character to life. So. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a very good movie. I, I enjoyed it also. Um, and to continue on that question, it's a two course meal. You get a main and a dessert. What would you be having? <laughs> the main would be a lasagna because I'm boring. Home cooked by Nonna. Home cooked by Nonna. Has to be. And the dessert, a tiramisu, because I'm boring. Italian all the way, mate. Good food options, it's good though. good food, though. It really is. A, a homemade lasagna, though. Homemade lasagna. Yeah. You, I hate when you get that Woolworths lasagna Woolworths. that goes in the oven. Yeah. And it tastes like plastic. It tastes like plastic. Yeah. You've got the pizza as well that they do, the ristorante. Yeah, it's no I good. I don't like it. Yeah, no it's gotta good. It's got to be home-cooked. It's got to be fresh. Nonna. Yeah. All the way. I like that. So, you're wearing a pretty... Bright blue shirt on today. Blue Azuri, mate. It's the yes. Azuri. Love it. You, do you have a number on the back of that jersey? Nothing, nothing, no. So i got a two-part question here. The first part is, if you could have any current player's number on the jersey, who would you have? A current player would be Jorginho. Yes. Absolute metronome in that midfield. He dictates play like I've never seen. And he gets a lot of criticism, I think, because Chelsea supporters expect him to be a Xavi or Iniesta type midfielder. He's going to rack up the um, you know, assists and... You know, his pass numbers are high, but he's not a forward-thinking player. If the ball doesn't have to go forward, he won't do it. He'll make sure you keep possession. And with Italy in the system that Mancini's set up, uh, he's done a really good job. So it'd be my number. I think he's number number eight, if I'm not wrong. So you're, I, you're I could the be Italian man. But I think it's number eight. Um, yeah, yeah he's, my, he's my favourite player in that team right now. Brilliant. And if you could have any past Italian players number on that jersey, who would you have? It'd be number 10, Roberto Baggio. Baggio. I think our best player ever. He's a, he's a beast. He's a legend. Um, Il Davin Codino, which is the divine ponytail. Shame he missed that penalty in the 94 World Cup final against Brazil. A lot of people remember him for that, unfortunately for him, but it'd be number 10 for sure. It's kind of a generic answer as well. Everyone says 10. The best player in the country is usually number 10, so... yeah. But definitely. But very good player. Very good player. Very good, very player. good player. So today, we, we woke up pretty early. We did. We did. I would have headed out to Ligon Street if I wasn't a bit of a, a boring man. So, um, but it was a bit too early for that. If we make the final, maybe. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Italy pulled off a very good win against one of the favourites, Belgium. Yep. Uh, 2-1 win. Talk to me a bit about how you saw the game. How do you think it went? Well, I think in traditional fashion, we, uh, we started the game off on the, on the front foot, put our attacking prowess on display early, made Belgium know that we're not here to sit back, we're here to play. And we got an early goal ruled out through offside, um, but we never really sat back after that. We didn't let that deflate us. We pushed and pushed, got the two goals just before the break, was Barella and Insignia, and the second goal was superb. Really good strike from Lorenzo Insigne. And then that penalty kind of deflated things. Um, it was, I mean, I don't think it was a penalty, but maybe you have a different opinion on that. I think it depends on the ref. I think it could go either way. You could have refs that 
do call that and refs that don't call that. I think the VAR was always going to stick with the referee's decision. That's harder with VAR these days now to get away with certain decisions. But I think for the for the game, it's a good thing because you don't want to be getting decisions your way or against you that you know can dictate a game when they're not the right call. So I think in the moment it's fair, but no, not for me. <laughs> I take one penalties against me. Yeah, no, no good. Lukaku put it away. It was a great penalty. To be fair. Yeah, it was. It was a good penalty. penalty. It's it's hard to get past a big man like Donnarumma. Yeah. He sent him the wrong way. Looked him dead in the eye. Went one way and he went the other. Perfect penalty. But a uh, negative Italy can take away from that is their left-back Spinazzola went yes. down with an Achilles injury. He did. He did. Um, he's, the, he's the reason for Italy's attacking prowess. He plays as a left-back. And then when Italy's on the attack, the right-back Giovanni Di Lorenzo will tuck in as a, as a third centre-back. You have... Benucci, Chiellini, Di Lorenzo as your centre-backs. And Spinozola will operate as a left-winger, but he's loose. He'll tuck back if he has to, but he's a loose player. And he overlaps Insignia and he creates Italy's attacks. So losing him is going to really affect the future. It's an Achilles injury, as you said, and that could be a a 10-month potential on the sidelines. So I'm interested to see how we're going to... Replace him. It'd be probably Emerson Palmieri, I'd say, would have to play for the remainder of the tournament. Yeah. Whether he has the same impact, I'm not sure. Yeah, it will be it will be a big loss for Italy, especially you know as you said, he can push up sort of as another winger, and then he also comes back as we saw late in the game. He saved a beautiful chance Lukaku had. It was a great block. By, yeah. By uh, Spinazzola, definitely. Uh, one thing I want to point out to you, Verratti. Eighty nine passes. 84 of them hit the target. He had a 94% passing accuracy. It's not unusual for the small man. He's really accurate with his passes. He's a bit similar to Jorginho. I think he's more offensive than Jorginho, however. He will try to force the pass forward, but he does dictate that play. I didn't think going into the tournament that the two of them would work together. I thought Locatelli was the balance between offense and defense, but Verratti in these two games he's played... Was he played three? He's played two or three games, and he's been brilliant, especially coming off a long-term injury from PSG. He's really proven me wrong, and I'm hoping he stays fit for the rest of the tournament. Yeah, him and Jorginho really linked up well. A bit of a negative also from Italy. Immobile didn't have the best game. Do you think they stick with him next game? I think for team morale, it doesn't decide the morale if he's dropped or not because Italy is such a close bond. So I don't think there will be negativity between the players, especially with Immobile if he's replaced, say, by Bilotti. They're good friends. I think for the benefit of the team on the field, perhaps he could play Bilotti. He's more of a target man. Italy likes to go through the wings and cut in and they need someone who can hold up the ball. Immobile doesn't provide that enough. So I think perhaps... If Bellotti does come in for Immobile, it could benefit Italy a lot more because he's more of a poacher inside that box. Immobile just isn't cutting it for Italy and he really hasn't in his time in the Azzurri shirt. I don't see that changing in the last two games if we go all the way. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Now if we look over to Belgium, their defence really lacked. What do you think is Belgium's problem? Pace. They're not really quick in the back. Um especially losing Vincent Company, He's a, a leader in that back line. Not having him down there, no one can really orchestrate how the defence has to sit. In the second goal, Italy scored. There was a play with Insignia. He was pressing and Toby Alderweireld had no one behind him. He had no reason to drop back. He should have pressed forward, closed down the space and stopped Insignia shooting on his right foot. He didn't do that. And that cost them a goal. I think if a, a, a player like Vinny Company was in the defence... That could have been prevented easily. So I think leadership and pace is the big issue for Belgium, and it showed. One thing I took note of was uh, 19-year-old Jeremy Doku. He was impressive. He was electric, very very fast, very pacey, very dangerous. With, with the attack Belgium have, you have players like Lukaku, De Bruyne, Hazard, or Thorgan Hazard was playing. Uh, Eden missed out, but Thorgan Hazard. you got those quality players, and... In the dying moments when Belgium really needed a goal to equalise, it was 
Doku who looked most dangerous. He did seem the most dangerous and he had that shot towards the last five minutes. It just went over the crossbar. That goes top bins any other day. It was a very unlucky. The ball didn't drop for him. I think he will be Belgium's new number one threat going forward in attack if he can continue. Perhaps he gets a bigger move to a, another European club. But he was very dangerous, as you said. Yeah, he was. And you got another young kid, Yuri Tillemans, coming up. He's killing it in Leicester and EPL. Yeah, he's, just, he's a beast. His he's a, goal was a decider too. So One, one of my favourites. One of my favourite players. Player. Uh, De Bruyne probably shouldn't have played. He wasn't fit, definitely. Not fit. It showed he wasn't mobile. His passes weren't hitting. He wasn't getting onto the passes from his, from his teammates. He couldn't get to the ball. He wasn't running. Definitely shouldn't have played. It was one of those cases where you put your best players out, not your best fit players, and that showed for Belgium he just wasn't with it. Shouldn't have been out there. Perhaps he could have been an impact sub if the game was on the line. Could have made a difference, but him starting didn't benefit Belgium at all. I just felt like it's just not De Bruyne. The Italian defenders and midfielders just read everything. He was trying to make a pass. They were on it, having a shot. I think multiple, multiple deflections. He had a shot. The Italian players would get a foot to it, get a body to it. He just, yeah, it wasn't the De Bruyne that we're used to. It wasn't his game at all. So Italy go through to the semi-final and they face Spain. Spain has been a bit of a nightmare for Italy in Europe recently. Um, well, the most recent game, Italy got the 2-0 win in the round of 16. Euro 2016 that was, but we had the Euro 2012 final, the 4-0 thrashing at the hands of Spain. And prior to that, in the knockouts of 2008, it was a penalty shootout win for Spain in the quarterfinals against Italy. So hopefully we can get a win against the brothers there. But Spain, 10 goals. Uh, well, we've got 11 goals in the last three games, 5-5 five, five, and the 1 against Switzerland. They've got a really good offence, especially Marats are not hitting targets. They're finding options elsewhere. It's pretty dangerous. Yeah, I feel like Switzerland were unlucky. I was really hoping Switzerland would get the result against Spain. An unlucky own goal early from Alba just deflected off and went into the top corner. Just You can't, you know, that you can happen a hundred times that. and it won't happen like that. It won't happen. Then Switzerland, after that, it, you know, you'd expect Switzerland's head to drop. No, they attacked, they attacked. Alba had a really good chance. He had a header that just went narrowly wide. And then Zuba had a very fantastic chance that he should have put away. It was a great save uh, by the Spanish keeper. And it was just... It was Switzerland were looking great. Shakiri finally got the equaliser, but then the red card happened. It was a momentum shift, that red card, I think. 100%. But in saying that, this game really showed goalkeepers how important they are. Sommer and Simon were absolutely brilliant for their respective teams. Undeservedly, you couldn't say either one of those keepers deserved to be on the losing side. They were brilliant. Yeah, Sommer, 100%. I think, could take out the goalkeeper of the tournament. He's been brilliant. But I think Spain, the problem with Switzerland is they can sit back, but Spain don't stop. They love having the ball and you're going to crack. And I think taking Spain to penalty shootout is a good result for the Swiss. Unfortunate that they couldn't win, but a shootout is luck. They were on the good side of a shootout not long ago, Switzerland. Yeah, they were. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it this time. They were. And if you look back, Spain's last shootout in a major tournament was against Russia when Russia knocked them out in the The round of 16 in the World Cup. And yeah, it was just uh, Olmo, his penalty. Did you see that? I did see it. What a penalty. It's a brilliant penalty. And I think Spain, from the first two games that they played in the tournament, they've improved really, like, they've improved a lot. They were boring in the first two games. They couldn't hit the broad side of a barn door. The last three games, they've been on point. On that, Switzerland's captain, Shakiri. Shakiri, yes. He's been dominant. He's been really good for Switzerland this tournament. I, I really think he should leave Liverpool. He's not getting the game time he deserves. In the last season, 14 EPL appearances, no goals, two assists. He only started five times. Yeah, it's not enough. You need consistency. You need match fitness. He, was, he looked very underdone going into this tournament, so I'm surprised he performed as well as he did. But he does need a move. He needs consistent game time. If he was playing consistently for, for his club this season, he could have been even better in this tournament. Perhaps could have been another difference maker for Switzerland in this game. But he was a goal scorer. He had great tournament. But 
as we said, not playing enough for his club. Yeah, well, at least the Swiss team can go home proud of what they achieved. Well, you, you beat the world champions. You can't. Can we talk about that for a second? Can we talk about that game for a second? It was my game of the tournament. Really? Yeah, my game of the tournament. Mbappe missing. Mbappe, yes. Wow. I I feel sorry for Mbappe. He had a very, very good World Cup. Come out of nowhere, pretty much unknown. Comes out of the World Cup and he's known worldwide as the next king of football. I think the pressure on his shoulders going into his next major tournament was, I've got to do as good, if not better, than my last performance. People had him to win player of the tournament. People had him to win golden boot. He's come in, not scored a goal for the tournament, missed the penalty in a very crucial time. Very crucial. And apparently it's uh, not been received well in the France locker room. It hasn't. So there's reports. I can't say who said what. It's not really been reported like that. I do know that the defensive group necessarily wasn't too happy with the defensive efforts of Paul Pogba. And then with Mbappe... He's got sort of a, from what I was reading, there's something with him and Griezmann that the egos are clashing. And I think with Mbappe being a young player, he's expected to be the star. He didn't perform this tournament. Perhaps he went into the tournament cocky and it's backfired on him because he has not delivered. And he, I don't think you can blame him solely for France's exit, but his penalty was the one that was saved. And France are going home because of that. But I think this won't deflate him. I think he'll only become better. He had his Roberto Baggio moment, missed the crucial penalty in a tournament. But he's very young. He's very skillful. I think if he can maybe quieten down on the theatrics a little bit, because that can really haunt you as a player, it makes the expectations that much higher. I think he needs to knuckle down, have a good season with PSG. And if France continues to play the way they have been at the start of the World Cup qualifiers, they will get into the World Cup. They will defend their crown, I'm sure of it, because they've got a lot of talent. But it's up to Mbappe to step up to that next plate. Do, do you think he'll be playing at PSG next season? I think he will stay at PSG. But, but leave as a free agent? He will leave as a free agent. There won't be a new contract signed. So PSG just lose that 100 plus million they spent on him. I think so. I think it was the wrong move from PSG to begin with signing Mbappe because it was always a deal where it would be very hard to get your money back and profit because there just isn't a lot of teams that can spend that sort of money and keep in financial fair play. Manchester City perhaps could do that, but they've had the issues recently with the, with the FFP and I don't think he's the player they need. I, I think he goes. It'd be better for his career. Perhaps Real Madrid could come calling. Yeah, 100%. If I were PSG, I'd try my hardest to sell to Real Madrid now just to make some sort of money. You have to get something back if you're going to sell. You have to sell now. So you are right. But I can't see it happening, honestly. I think he leaves as a free agent. Yeah, he has told him that I'm not going to sign another contract. That's it. You've got one more year out of me. That's up to PSG, really. And if someone comes calling with the money, if no one comes calling... Well, if he does go to Real Madrid, we can sort of see him v Griezmann and see... If there, if there is a bit of... Well, yeah, especially when you get to the El Clasico. You know, yeah. there'll be a bit of tensions there. Um, I think Real Madrid is his likely destination. I couldn't see him playing anywhere else. They need a new Ronaldo figure there. Someone to take him forward for the next decade. No one better than Mbappe in my books, unless they look at someone like Erling Haaland. Maybe. What's, what do you think is next for France? Do you reckon a new manager change? Well, I do think there's a new manager coming in in Zinedine Zidane. There was talks about him replacing Didier Deschamps and I think he'd be brilliant. He's won a lot at Real Madrid, although he had a great squad there. He's got a great squad at, at France and you can't have anything negative to say about a manager who gets the best out of a great squad. If you've got a great squad there, you still need to make them play well and he'd done that with Real Madrid, won three consecutive Champions League trophies. So I think if he takes over France, he's got the respect of the players. He's a French icon. He's their greatest player. I think the supporters will be on board and the players will play for him. And I think, as I said before, they can defend their World Cup crown. Yeah, I think you know, it's meant to be Zidane to take over the, the country he, that loved him. He was their hero. I can see it happening. It's the, very much in that you it's, know, story it's, it's arc. very much, yeah. So who wins, Italy or Spain, in the semi-final? My heart says Italy, 
my brain says Spain, just because Spain are a possessive team. They love having the ball. And the teams that Italy have played against, they're not fussed if they have the ball or not. Where Spain, they want the ball. They are possession, possession, possession. And I don't know how Italy will cope against a side that's possessive with the ball. But in the flip side of that, Italy don't sit back and they will press and press and press. And Spain haven't played against a side that comes at them constantly because they're always with the ball. So if Italy can get a, a change of momentum and they have the ball and they press Spain, you could score some easy goals because Spain's defence is very leaky. Yeah, it'll be very difficult for Spain. So you say Italy go through to the final? I think Italy... My heart says we'll go through. My brain still says Spain, but I think more so I'm leaning towards Italy. Yeah, I think there's going to be a tired Spain. They struggled against a very old Croatian Croatian side. They struggled against Switzerland. I I think Italy are going to outclass them. Italy run. They don't stop running. No, they don't. So you make a good point. You do make a very good point, and I hope you're right. But records and history shows that Spain has been a side in big games where Italy don't seem to beat. Just the one recent win in a tournament, which was the Euro 2016 round of 16 game. It was a really weak Italian side. They got the job done. Can they do it again? I hope so. We'll see. So uh, in the morning, we've got a couple of other games, big games. We've got Czech Republic versus Denmark. Tell me your pred- give me your predictions on that. Well, I think Denmark... The tournament they've had, especially the way it started, has been it's been phenomenal. They've played brilliant. They've had that extra spring in their step with the Christian Eriksen saga. I don't think the Czech Republic are going to stop them now. I think the Denmark team are, are destined for Wembley, whether it's through the semi-final or the final. But I don't see the Czechs stopping them at all. I think Denmark can go to the final, honestly, as well. Who they meet if they beat the Czechs is yet to be seen. But I'm saying Denmark will beat the Czech Republic. I agree. Actually, before the tournament started, I had a conversation with my dad. And Denmark were my dark horses. I think going into the tournament, they've got a, they've got a very sneaky team. But no one really talks about Denmark. And if you look at the quality they have, they can outclass a lot of other teams. And I, I reckon they'll go through the semi-final and potentially the final. They've got some good players in the Denmark team. The midfield is solid. If, if Christian Eriksen was still playing... Mm. that'd be on another level. But I think with Holberg and Delaney, they really control that midfield. And then you've got the young Damsgaard as well, yeah. who's a very lively player. I think he's a threat. He could win the Young Player of the Tournament award. Yeah, he could. He's been very, very good. And the defence of Denmark, it's very solid. A lot of leaders in there. They yeah. play for each other. They've got that spirit where they will have your back. Oh, you can it's tell very from, important. just from the Ericsson situation alone, you can tell how close that team is. It's the Viking spirit, mate. Yeah. yeah we, saw that, we saw Iceland in the last Euros yes, have that spirit. they have and the spirit. They mark a little more quality, but they've got the same spirit. It's hard, and that gets you a long way. It does. Uh, the other game, we have Ukraine versus England. I think a lot of people would be rooting for Ukraine in this game, honestly. Myself, no. I'm going to go for England. But I think a lot of people would like to see the underdog do it. It's been a tournament where a lot of underdogs have won. And if Ukraine were to pip England into a semi-final, it'd be big. I think Andriy Shevchenko's done a great job coming in as the manager. But I think England will have too much class, honestly. Yeah, 100%. I think they haven't been playing to their potential yet. I think Gareth Southgate may have been a little bit dubious with his calls. And I think he needs to make some tactical changes. They need to score more goals. They've only scored four in the tournament. They haven't conceded. But if they want to go into the final, you're going to have to score a lot more goals and four into the semi-final stage potentially, depending how much they score against Ukraine. But I think they'll win 2-0. 2-0? I reckon England will win too. I... I don't know. A lot of English fans are frustrated that he's sticking with Sterling and... Kane, and I, I agree they they haven't shown much threat in the tournament. Yeah, they yeah. have scored, but yeah. you know how good are England? They should That's be scoring right. more goals. That's if I was Southgate, I'd start Graylish, Mount, and Foden over both Kane and Sterling in this game. Uh, I agree with you. It's just hard because Sterling has scored the three, 
but you have to look at output other than the goals. And if you had another player there instead of Sterling, perhaps there could be more goals scored because he has missed a lot of clear-cut chances. I think the goals that he has scored were pretty simple, and I think anyone in those positions would score it. 100%. But he hasn't scored any world eases. It would be very hard for Southgate to drop Sterling. I think he should, or perhaps at least not be scared to make a rotation of Sterling earlier in a game, not wait until the 80th minute where the result's in the bag. It doesn't matter if he's on or off. But I do agree with you with Kane, 100%. I don't think Kane is the man for this tournament for England. He's not like the World Cup Harry Kane. He's not moving. He's not mobile. He's not accurate. I don't think his head's in the right place. And I think they could do a lot better with some other rotations in that team, especially Jaden Sancho and Grealish, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Sancho has barely had a look also. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the lineup he goes with. I, I think he'll stick with the Sterling Kane. He most likely will. Yeah, you know, Graylish comes off the bench, makes a fantastic assist. It was a brilliant he's, pass. He's such a good player. That's, why not have that from the start? I don't get it's it. It's a baffling thing. I can't understand it. Perhaps he's got his reasons tactically. He won't ever say it. No. But I can't see a reason why he wouldn't be starting. So who would you say meets Italy in the final? Say Italy do get to the final, I would like to see Denmark there. But realistically, I think it's going to be England. I think if they are to beat Ukraine and Denmark do beat the Czechs, I think the stage fright may get to the, Dan- the Danes a little bit. That could be completely nonsense. Maybe Denmark would thrive under the pressure, considering what they've been through. I would love to see him go to the final. But I think on a skill base, I think England have to show more. I think they can. I think they will. And I think it'll be Italy-England final. Yeah, I agree. I think if it, it goes, my, my predictions, and it's a England-Denmark semi, I'm the same. I, th- I think England will win it, but I'd hope Denmark will win it. We'll just say for argument's sake, I, and Denmark will get through the final against Italy. It'll be Italy-Denmark final. I think so. I really want to see It'd Denmark get there. It would be good for football. I would like that, but as I said, I think England will have too much class. They haven't shown it all. But I would not complain if Denmark are there. And if there's a team that Italy had to come up against and be outclassed by, I would love to be outclassed by Denmark because I don't want to be outclassed by an English team. I don't want to be outclassed by the Czech Republic or Ukraine. If it's going to be anyone who deserves it, it'd be Denmark. Yeah. So your prediction for the winner? I'll say Italy will win the tournament. I agree. I reckon Italy is going to take it out. I don't think they could be stopped. They've... Gone through Belgium and... Um, they were under the pump against Austria and they, they prevailed yeah, where a lot of did. top teams haven't. I Yeah, they, they just look good. They, they made Belgium look poor. Yeah, they did. Belgium, they did come into it late. I think Italy were in the defensive mindset at, the, at that time and they didn't want the ball. And that allowed Belgium to look a little more creative and skillful than, that, than what they did previously in the game. But yeah, I think Italy's been the standout team of this tournament, honestly. Yeah, they have been. They've been really good. But now we look over to the other tournament happening. We have the Copa America, which is going on at the moment. We just finished watching the Brazil and Chile game. Before that was the Peru-Paraguay game, and that's probably been the most exciting game of that tournament. It was a 3-3 draw, Peru won on penalties. Uh, Paraguay scored in the 90th minute to equalise and bring it into extra time. And, yeah, it was a it was an interesting game. Peru with the Gianluca Lapadula. He used to play for Italy. Now he plays for Peru. He's got Peruvian heritage. He scored two goals in this game. He's been doing well for Peru, so I'm happy to see him do well. He played at Genoa in Serie A for quite some time, and I was hoping he'd make it for the Italian national team. He played once in a friendly that didn't count towards his national caps. He's playing for Peru and he's doing the job for him. So good on him. So he did with a Wilfred Zaha. He was you know, set to play for the England national team and then changed and now he's with... Uh, the Ivory Co- Coast. Yeah, Cote yeah. d'Ivoire. Yep, Cote d'Ivoire. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the Brazil-Chile game. Chile in the first half were excellent. They weren't giving Brazil a chance at all. And the early in the second half, the substitute Pataka come on, scored a very... Early goal, it was a messy goal, bounced off a couple, no pun intended, messy. <laughs> <laughs> bounced off a couple of um, 
uh, Chile defenders in the box and landed straight to him one on one with the keeper, put it away. And then straight after, Gabriel Jesus got a silly red. It was a horrendous tackle. Very bad tackle. And then after that, we, we watched Brazil just defend for the game. It was rest a typical South American scrap, I think. Yeah. Dirty play, dirty tackles, red cards, not a whole lot of goals. There was a hack of a game. And I think Brazil, had they not have got that red card, they would have gone on to score, I think, two or three more goals easily. I think Brazil, they had to sit back after that. But it wasn't a great watch. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, you know, nothing compared to some of the Euro games that have been happening. Oh, the Euro games have been brilliant. They've been a great watch. Oh, they have been. This, this, this year's tournament has been excellent. It's really made up for missing out last year. Yes, definitely. Tomorrow we have Argentina versus Ecuador. What are your predictions for that? I can't see Argentina being stopped, honestly. I think Messi's on a mission. He needs that trophy. He needs that Copa America. He's had a good tournament. Argentina are playing with some flair. I can't see Ecuador posing much of a threat to Argentina at all. I think Argentina will win comfortably. I couldn't say Ecuador won't score. Perhaps they could because Argentina haven't got the best defence and it's been that way for a while. But I think Argentina will win quite comfortably. Yeah, I agree. I can't see Ecuador winning. I think I don't think they've won yet in the tournament. No, I don't think so. So Yeah, I think they've had uh, three draws and a loss, so... Sort of lucky to get through. Lucky to get through. And I think Argentina are going to humble them. I think so, yeah. Argentina all the way on that one, I think. I also have a Uruguay-Colombia game, which I think will be more of an interesting game. Two decent South American teams. They're not on the level of Brazil and Argentina. Historically, Uruguay are. They were the first South American team to win two World Cups. And they've won a lot of Copa Americas. Recently, they haven't been so great, but they do have a great squad. Did Uruguay win the first ever World Cup? They won the first... And the fourth. There you go. Yeah, 1930 and 1950. Yeah. Uh, they, they've been pretty good, Uruguay. They've, um, they drew with Chile. They beat Bolivia 2-0. They beat Paraguay 1-0. They've had a pretty good tournament good so run. far. Compared to Colombia, who only beat Ecuador, they drew with Venezuela. They lost with, to Peru. So I, I think due to form going into this, I think Uruguay will take it out and play Argentina in the semi. On form, you couldn't back Colombia. It has to be Uruguay on form. And I think even personnel-wise, I think Uruguay take it out. Uruguay take it out? Over in Argent- this game against uh, Colombia. Oh, Uruguay yeah, will yeah. take it out. Yeah, yeah I think Uruguay yeah. will take it yeah. out. So we have a Brazil-Peru semi-final. And due to our predictions, a Uruguay-Argentina semi-final. Yeah. Who's making it to the final and who's winning? I think it's going to be a typical Brazil-Argentina massive game for a championship. Um, I think Brazil, being at home, I think this is their tournament to lose and they will not lose it. They're going to win it. No one's stopping Brazil. They are the kings of South America. They it's are. as simple as that. They've got, they've got a very, very good team. And, yeah, I can't, I can't see them losing this tournament. No chance. Not for me. It's, it's Brazil's tournament. They'll win it. I'd like to see Uruguay win That'd it. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to have a bit of a change. Chile won a couple of coppers not so long ago. Yeah, they won 2015 and 2016. I think it was the back-to-back. They had back-to-back tournaments. Yeah, Centenario yeah. was one of them. Um, so I don't see Brazil not winning this tournament in saying that. I think it's theirs to lose. Yeah. I'd be, be shocked if they lost. Well, if Messi were to win it. It elevates his, his GOAT status. Just yeah. that little bit more if it he does, does win it. He's lacking that trophy. I think he's only won an under-20s championship for Argentina, I think. Um, so if he's to win the Copa, that elevates him above everyone else, I think. He's also on the market. He is on the market. He is a free agent as of a few days ago. Yeah, even though Barcelona are quite confident they're going to sign him and keep him, do you think there's a chance he could play somewhere else? Look, if he was to move... I would love it to be in the Premier League. I think he'd be brilliant in the Premier League, especially Manchester City were interested in him not so long ago. Would you see him in the Premier League? I'd love to see him in the Premier League personally. Realistically, I don't think it happened. He can't speak English. He can't speak English. So I, I think that is his issue. Yeah. And the reason why I think he'll probably remain in Spain. Oh, look at that. I'm rhyming. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see him in the Premier League. And on that... 
we, we all love the El Clasico, Messi versus Ronaldo, who's the GOAT. There's there's rumours around that Ronaldo's leaving Juventus and possibly return to Man United's on the cards. Imagine, imagine the scenes, you know. We've got the Manchester derby. Ronaldo versus Messi walking out against each other once again. A Premier League Classico would be brilliant to see. <sighs> I, I, I don't think any game could be topped if they were to play against each other in the Premier League. It'd be the biggest game in history every time the two Manchester clubs play. I'd love to see it. It'd be brilliant. It would be ridiculous. It'd be the biggest thing. And I'd have to make my way to the to the ground and see it in person <laughs> if this COVID stuff goes. We'll, get some, we'll get some tickets over to England. We'd have to go. They're all, they're all vaccinated over there. They are vaccinated. Like 70% they're, of them are they vaccinated. They are people a, over there now. They've got a big population. They've got a lot of... They've, they've got a good rollout over they there. They have got a good... Boris has done the work, mate. Just Boris has done the work. Off topic, off topic, w- would you get the vaccination? Now, under 40s can get it now in they Australia. They can get it. Um, I'm still a bit wary about this vaccination. It's AstraZeneca though, not Pfizer. It is AstraZeneca. Um, look, if I want to travel overseas, I have no choice because I think they're going to force you to do that. It'd be like some passport thing. 100%. Um, but at the moment, I don't think about taking the vaccine. But if... It comes to a point where I need to, I will, but not now, not now. I'm in the exact same boat. I've got two and a half years left in my degree, so I'm not planning to travel yeah. as it is anytime soon. I'd love to travel, you know, hopefully in two and a half years, this COVID shit's all done. It'd be nice to get away, honestly. Yeah. And in, you know, two and a half years down the track, hopefully, you know, the vaccines, you know, there's no real bad side effects and then, yeah, I think then is when I consider having it. When I sort of want to get away, see the world. I haven't been over to Europe, but that's a place I really want to go. It'd be beautiful to go to Europe. Yeah. It's a shame about this COVID stuff because it's really affected even my plans. And now with this vaccination coming into the play, it makes the all that more... It just turns you off, I think. And for me personally, I hate thinking about travelling because I know I need this vaccine and I really don't want it. Yeah. It's a must if you want to travel. Uh, yeah, it will be a must. I, I reckon, though, it might even put even more rules, like interstate travel. I think so, yeah. Stuff like that. Gonna they're going to they're gonna make it real difficult yep. if you don't want the vaccine. It, like, you know, who knows what rules they can impose. They could force so, your um, hand where it comes to a stage where you have to take it. Some workplaces, they, they might even say, like, we won't hire you unless you have the vaccine. Well, if you don't get the vaccine, don't come back. Don't come back to our workplace. You're not welcome anymore, you know. You never know how businesses yeah. can turn and the government could find businesses. You don't know what could happen. Yeah, it, it could, could be very dangerous. It could, it could be bad. All right, back onto the football talk. We went on a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> but back onto the football talk. Leicester. Leicester are making moves. They had a very, very good season. They did. Unfortunately, yeah. again, they finished fifth. Yeah. Second season running. They could not get that top four. But Brendan Rodgers has he's made Leicester a consistent side. Oh, they have they have been a very consistent side and a very good side at that. Uh, they've got Yuri Tillemans. Uh, I was about to say Kovacic, but he plays for Chelsea. I don't know why <laughs> I was going to say that. But they've got they've got Ianacho. Um, yeah, got yeah, Indidi. They've got such a good team. They've got some good players there. They really um, do. They've just signed a striker, Patson Daka. Patson Daka, yes. From uh, was it Red Bull Salzburg? Yes, yes. Um, and, you know, yeah, he was linked to Liverpool, Arsenal. He had a very good season. He he kicked 27 goals this year in 28 games. Very good record. He had two hat-tricks. Yeah, he's a brilliant, brilliant striker. 22 years old. I think Salzburg are a talent-producing machine. They've produced that much talented players that have gone on to bigger clubs and they've done well. He's just another one. I think he's going to do very well at Leicester. I think Brendan Rodgers will get the best out of him. And with Kalichi Iheanacho there... And Jamie Vardy getting on. I think those two could form a deadly duo up top for oh, Leicester. 100%. They've also made another signing. 22-year-old, another 22-year-old defensive midfielder, Samore. Is that how you pronounce Bubuk- it? I Sam- think it's Samare. Bubukari Samare. Samare, yeah. Yes. Samare. Uh, plays for Lille. Yes. Or played for Lille. Yes. In uh, the French League. And yeah, he put some good games together. He could yes. be an N'Golo Kante type 2 sort of situation for Leicester. They signed this relatively... Unknown French midfielder, absolute 
beast that sells him for a massive pack of money. This could happen again. I think Sumare is very similar to Ndidi. He likes to control yeah. the play. He's very physical. It could be a very solid midfield with Ndidi and Tillemans already there. And plus you've got James Madison, who's just an absolute weapon. Yeah, Leicester, Leicester are making plays. They're making, they're, they're getting young kids. They're, they're looking for the future. They are. They've got really good management and really good owners. They actually invest in the club. They care about the club. They're not money-hungry people. They just sit at the top and they don't care what's going on down below. The Leicester owners, especially since the chairman had that unfortunate uh, helicopter crash a few years ago, they've really, really taken Leicester to a new direction. And I think it's brilliant to see. Yeah, I'm a bit jealous. I wish my club cared. I don't think anyone can have an owner like Leicester that cares the way yeah. they do. I think they're the only club that ran the way they are. They're brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. No, they're great. They're great. Also on transfer news, we have Sancho done deal to United. $73 million. Yeah, it's... Transfer fees these days are hard to to come and, you know, defend and say, you know what, that's that's a fair deal because you never know what you're getting. I think $73 million is a bit absurd, but he could turn to prove it and be a $200 million player. You never know with the way transfers go these days. He could absolutely <laughs> smash it. Uh, definitely. Great passer. He's a fantastic footballer. He really is. He, he's passing, though. How many assists do you reckon would say is a pass for him for the United season? I think if he can get up to... 15 assists, honestly. Well, in the last three years, he's gotten over 20 assists. There you go. He's unbelievable. His vision, and he's not selfish. No, he's not. He's not. But then, then again, Bundesliga, EPL, very different leagues. They are very different leagues, and especially he was a youth product of Manchester City. So he's got something to prove going to the direct rival. They didn't have faith in him, perhaps. He made the move to Dortmund. He's across town. Watch out, City, I think, for Sancho. He's going to tear it, I think. He can also score goals. He can. He's got a lethal finish on him. Yeah, 16 goals this season. Yeah. So he, he's, um, he does the best of both. He can finish his work or he can also set up for someone else. Not selfish. Great team player. Very yeah. good. And, you know, compared to the other United players, he's had more assists in the last three years than Rashford, Martial and Cavani in less games. Really? Yeah. That's some stat. Yeah. That is some stat. So he's... He's a pretty good player. He's a very good player. I think it's a good deal. But financially, I don't know how... The, the, the price of players is going up, and it's always going to go up. Yeah, inflation. Soon you're going to look at $73 million, and that's going to be peanuts, you know? So it's inflation, but it just sounds ridiculous. But if he delivers, I don't think you're going to care how much he costs, because if he's going to win your games, it's all worth it. Oh, 100%. You... You want you want to spend you spend the money you expect the you expect, expect the, results yeah, you expect do. a return you do you do uh, so Ramos after not being given another deal at Real Madrid has signed a two year deal with PSG it's a it's been a weird summer or I don't know if you want to call it summer but it's been a weird end of season for Ramos not being selected by Spain for the Euros not being offered a new contract for Real Madrid it's an end of an era. I think PSG, financially, for him, is a good move. I think he can still play. I think he's still a very, very, very good centre-back. He's a good leader. I think that's a great move for both parties involved. And PSG lack leadership. There's a lot of egos there, a lot of individuals. They don't have a real leader. And I think that's what's prevented PSG from having European success. So with a metronome in the back, he's a real figure. He leads, he commands. I think PSG could really take strides in the Champions League especially with some other signings that they could potentially make, especially in the goalkeeper position. Yes, Donnarumma. Big Gigi Donnarumma. He's had a good Euros. Not signing a new deal at Milan. He's refused their contract. AC Milan, happy to let him go. I think he's the best goalkeeper in the world already, honestly. He's been at the top level for five years and he's only 22. So work that out. Those numbers yeah, don't just... make sense. He's, he's a beast. He's got 15 years... At least, what I happen, think. What happens with Navas? Navas is a similar position to Ramos, I think, with what Ramos was at Real Madrid. I think Navas still can do it, but they're looking for the future. Navas isn't going to be there in two years' time, so why keep him now, just move him on? Perhaps yeah. he doesn't be sold. Maybe he's a backup to Donnarumma. I don't know how he's going to feel about that, being a backup, because he's never really been a backup before. 
No, he had the situation where he left Real Madrid when they got Courtois. Yeah, so. he doesn't want to be a backup. No. He wants to be the number one man. But I think he will stay. But Donnarumma, once he, if he signs that contract, Fabrizio Romano said it's a done deal. When he says it's a done deal on Twitter, you know what's happening. Um, I think with Donnarumma in the sticks, PSG are in good hands for at least the next decade. Oh, 100%. He's, he's so good. He's, he's unbelievable. I, I can't even put it into words. Especially, you just you see it in the Euros even. He's made some killer saves. Like, even in this morning's game, Kevin De Bruyne had a good strike from outside the box. Donnarumma saves it with just one hand. He palms it out. He dives, but he just palms it out with one hand like it's no big deal. He's a big boy. He's a big lad. He's a very scary man. Just quickly to go back to Ramos, there was reports that there was an English club, it didn't say who, offered him a lot more money than PSG did, and he refused. He did not want to go to England. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah. It was an article I read. Perhaps Manchester United. I don't know how, you know. It was an article. You never know how accurate. But if that's true... Why doesn't he want to go to England? Perhaps Gerard Piquet told him some bad things about England in the <laughs> Spanish locker room. <laughs> um, I don't know why he wouldn't want to go to England. I think perhaps he doesn't feel... He's a, he's a Spanish man. They're very cultured. I think the culture is too different in England and Spain. I think the French culture is a lot more similar. Yeah. French culture, Italian culture, they're very similar. Portuguese culture as well. So I think it makes sense... For him to want to move teams, move leagues, but stay in a similar culture base. Um, perhaps the culture threw him away from England. That could be my only guess, because if it's more money, it'd be silly not to take it. So there has to be a personal reason for him. Yeah. And ba- back on these big signings, Joel Felix. Joel Felix, yes. He was a big signing. Very big. Is he an imposter? I don't think he's an imposter. I think... He's just been judged wrong. I think we've seen him play brilliant, especially when he was at Benfica. He was absolutely electric. And you don't earn a big money move for nothing. You have to show something. I just don't think the way that Diego Simeone sets up the Atletico Madrid team, I don't think it suits Joao Felix at all. He's a flair player. He's a speed star. He loves to be on the front. And Atletico Madrid play a real defensive style. Diego Simeone is a real... He's a defensive manager. He likes his teams to play slow, control the game, a boring 4-4-2 formation. It doesn't suit Joel Felix at all. No. So I don't think he's an imposter, but he's not in the right setup. If he moves to another team that suits his style and he still can't deliver, then you could perhaps say he's an imposter for sure. Did you see what Roy Keane said about him? I didn't. Fill me in. So this is where my question come from. Uh, Roy Keane, obviously ex-United player... Called Felix an imposter. Felix in the round of 16 against Belgium missed a crucial header very late in the game. Probably should have scored. I did see that. Okay. Uh, Keane said that if he was Ronaldo, he'd be very mad at Felix in the dressing rooms and actually approach him and go off at him. Really? Yeah. He said players valued 100 mil should be hitting the target. I do agree to that extent, especially in a big moment when the game's on the line. And you are touted as the future of Portugal. I don't think it's fair, however, for Roy Keane to be, you know, making a saying what Ronaldo should be doing, or if he was Ronaldo, he would be saying this or saying that. Yeah, that's what he said. He said if if I was in the dressing rooms with a hundred million dollar players that were missing shots like that, I'd be going off at him. I think it's a bit unfair. I would definitely have a word saying, look, you know, that's a crucial miss. We're going home. I think it's more of a head-up situation. Yeah. He's, he's a young player. It's a, it's a head, the pre- yeah. The pressure, gets, the pressure gets to everyone. It, does. it, do, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, these, these, players aren't, yeah, these players aren't robots. No. You, can't, you, know, you can't expect them to score every single shot they take. You can't expect them to score every ingle, single e- easy opportunity they have. Yeah. Every player you know has missed an easy opportunity. Definitely. And we've got to remember, no, no chance is easy. It's always, there's always pressure, especially in a big game. The world's watching. Yeah. For his standards, perhaps he should be hitting the target. Yeah, one goal down, not long left. You, you got so much playing on your mind. You got a split second to make every decision you make. You have to be accurate. You have to be decisive. Unfortunately for Joao Felix, he wasn't. But I don't think it's an imposter situation. Not yet, anyway. 
No, I he's think still very young. You got to give him a couple of seasons before you start making judgments. Definitely, hundred percent. He's still very young. Very he's got, young. He's got a long career ahead of him, and I, I hope he does well. I think he will improve, but as I said, I don't think he's at the right club. He needs to be the. He's a flair player. Atletico Madrid. They don't set up to suit his standards and his needs, and it's hindering him as a footballer. And that's perhaps why he's missed an easy chance. He's just not up to scratch. Yeah. If we look at managers, there's been a few manager changes in the last couple of weeks. Rafa Benitez, what are your thoughts on evidence signing him? Well, I remember not so long ago, I was watching on Sky Football Retro, that Rafa Benitez called Everton a small team, and now he's managing that small team. I think he'll do well. I think he'll do very well. I think he has a lot of respect when he's in the, when, at clubs. The dressing room can respect Rafa Benitez. He demands, but he's a very fair manager. I think Everton are stuck in that position. They're always that seventh to eighth best team in the league. They can't seem to press. Even when they had Ancelotti there, they brought in Rodriguez and Allen. They never took that stride to making top four, and that's their ambitions. Rafa Benitez could potentially get them closer, but I don't think their playing list is up to scratch. I don't think it's down to Benitez as a tactician. I think their playing list just isn't good enough. Do you know the Everton fans are not happy at all? They're not. No, there were signs. I actually saw this. There were signs put up at their Finch Farm training base. Uh, one of them said, Benitez, not welcome. Well, it doesn't shock me, considering what he said in the past about Everton when he was at Liverpool. They only get worse. Another one says, we know where you live, don't sign. Wow. Another one had some language on it that I will not say, but it was it was very poor. It was very poor, hey? They... um. Yeah, so it was interesting. Those signs were coming up when the speculation of him signing were about. Okay. So before it was announced. And even the fans showing their dislike towards the potential of Benitez signing. Um, majority shareholder Farhad Moshiri decided to have faith in signing. So we'll see what happens. I think if Everton win the first three games of the year, those signs will turn into we love you, Rafa. The things can change very quick. A lot of football is a bandwagon thing. When one person says something, oh, yeah, I'm going to follow suit. I'm going to follow along. And then if that person changes their opinion on someone, like, you're going to follow along as well. I think if Everton can win the first few games, I think the love will come for Rafa. But it's an ugly start considering the history, especially being the ex-Liverpool manager. And he has said some bad things about the club in the past. It's probably hard for some people to look past. Yeah, but people got to look. He he's got a very good resume. He does. He he won a Champions League as a manager. He did, and so a great game that was. He's he he could do good things. So I, I don't know. I still as as a majority shareholder, if my fans showed that much disinterest in a manager. I don't think I'd go for it. It wouldn't be good for business. There's there's a lot of other great managers still on the market Definitely. out there, and um. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. There's Antonio Conte, who's uncontracted at the moment. Mm-hmm. He could be a great fit. I'm surprised Lampard, no one's picked him up. Frank Lampard, Lampard yeah. yeah. I think Chelsea was a big, a step too much for him at the start of his coaching career. Yeah. So perhaps they should but look elsewhere. That, that team he created still went on to a Champions League. It final. did, it did. It not, just not under nurturing. him, but it, that was his team. It needed nurturing. Yeah. I don't think he was ready for it, but it was his vision. Someone else had to see it out. Other news, uh, Patrick Vieira, it's not 100% confirmed, but it's pretty much confirmed, has signed uh, as the new manager for Crystal Palace. He's taken over Roy Hodgson after his retirement. Palace, Palace are my team, it's no yep. secret. I'm yes. a loud and proud Palace fan. So I, I'm yet to have a big opinion on this. I don't know too much. I don't know too much on him. I've done some research. He's an Arsenal legend. Very much so. Had a really good stint in the USA. With New York City. He did. He, they got him to two semifinals, I believe. Yep. And um, he, got, he was with Nice and got sacked by them yes. in December. Yes. So, I don't know. I'm still a little bit sceptical, but we'll see what happens. I, I've got a very open mind. Reports are that they're giving him an $80 million transfer budget. If that's true and we can sign some decent young players... I'll be more than happy. You can do wonders with $80 million, especially if you use it smart and wisely. But the question is with Vieira, can he, is he tactically 
up to it. Tactics yeah. play a big part. That that's the thing. I he has is that experience in USA. Very different ball a game. Very over different there. ball game. Very, very different. And then in the French league, he got sacked over there. So yeah, Nice sacked him in December, as you said. Yeah. So not the greatest end, but a lot of managers they end from being sacked. That's just the way of the game. You you do get sacked a lot of the time as a manager. Doesn't mean you're not great. Look at Skullshire. Yeah, sacked and. And now he's he's, he's doing very well at United. I, I I reckon majority of United fans will have all their faith in him. I think so. Moment, yeah. And they he copped a bit of criticism at the start, so he's turned it around. Vieira perhaps he could could take Palace by storm. Yeah, I'd love that. I'd love that. I'd love to see us, you know, push into the top ten. It'd be good to see. It would be good to see. Yeah. Uh then uh, Tottenham finally have a new manager after sacking Mourinho in April. Yes. Uh, Nuno Santo, the from, ex-Wolves manager. Yes. yes. Yeah. From one Portuguese man to another. I think it's a good deal for Spurs. Nuno can get the best out of players. That Wolves team that he took in his first season in the Premier League, they went top half. I think they finished seventh. Yeah, they had an sixth. amazing They had, they had a great season. year. They, they yeah. went downhill a little bit following that. It's very hard to keep the consistency. But he's a really good coach. He's a really good manager. He's a good tactician. I think his biggest concern is the striker position and what's going on with Harry Kane. Yeah, that is a big, big concern. Harry Kane's future at Tottenham, does he have one there? I don't think so. I doubt it, especially with the new... They brought in Fabio Patracci, who's the sporting director, so to say. He come from Juventus. I don't know if... Harry Kane fits into the new project at Spurs. I think he could be moved on. Is he contracted? I'm not sure, but I think I think he has said that he wants to leave. I think he, he's come out publicly and said he wants to leave. I I think it's general knowledge. I don't know if it's, but I think Kane's heart's not there. It's sort of showing at the Euros with England too. I think he's got so much on his plate. Yeah, you said that before. He's got a lot on his mind, but. Uh, reports uh, Man City have offered a hundred million. A hundred million. Hundred million. It has to be contracted. Yeah, I'd be taking that every day. Then, if I was Spurs, if he's not wanting to be there, and it's public knowledge that everyone knows he doesn't want to be there, get rid of him. They could do a lot. They could do a lot with a hundred million. Bolster that squad. They have to do better than what they did with the Gareth Bale money, though, because they got like ninety million for Gareth Bale, and every player that they brought in, I think, is gone. Yeah. It was some random transfer business. So they'd want to be smarter. And I think that's why they brought in the new, in that Fabio Petracci. Yeah. He's going to direct Spurs into a new way, into a new future, smarter future. There's also interest from Man United. I did hear that. But yeah. I would be more leaning towards City, snapping uh, him up. United just spending 73 on Sancho. I yeah. think it's highly unlikely they'd be spending... More than that for another player. Yeah, I, I agree. And if we can get back to United for a second, I forgot to mention about Rafael Varane. He's oh, been yes. to Manchester United. I heard about that. But with Sergio Ramos leaving, would Varane also leave? I think he's made it public. Well, not visual like public on like himself, but I think people are saying, and it's been leaked, that he does want out. Okay. I've read a lot of sites, especially from a lot of Spanish sites, that he does want out at the end of this season after the Euros. And now that he's out, he'd probably be making the exit talks with Real Madrid now. Whether they – who they replaced him with, I couldn't tell you. Jules Kunde could be a, an option for Real Madrid. Yeah. But if he does leave, and it is to Manchester United, that's a big summer spend. I think United also have their eyes on because I think United want to get someone in to help Maguire out. I think Lindelof – yeah. yeah, he's a bit iffy. Yeah, he's, he's hit and miss. Like, he can play very great He can games, play good, and then, then he's, he's, he's not consistent. No, he's not. And, yeah, Varane would be great. I, if they can't get Varane, I've heard there's been interest in uh, Christian Romero. Ah, uh, yep, Romero in Syria. Yeah, yep. I've heard there's been interest in him, and I've heard he's pretty keen to move. He's been loaned off the last couple of years. Yeah, so. he's a solid player. He's been at Atalanta, and they're a good performing team in Syria. Yeah. So, b- back to that. Aguero's left Man City. He's yes. going to Barcelona. Yes. I think if Gabriel Jesus also leaves, 
Kane will be in a Man City jersey next season? I think regardless, he'll be in a Man City jersey. I don't think Gabriel Jesus is the man to lead Manchester City forward. No. But they do need depth. So perhaps if he were to stay, Kane comes in regardless. But Kane will definitely be that number nine at the next season. I think 100% he'll be at Manchester City. Big yeah. money, big contract, big expectations. Imagine Kane, Messi, Foden. That's scary. We're getting into FIFA transfer news now, mate. It's like a career mode. Just sign everyone. <laughs> and Man, Man City well, can that's do what it. they are. They are a career mode. They just got yeah. unlimited money. You just buy whoever they want. Like, like um, Mourinho said a couple of years ago, Man City can put two teams in the Premier League and make the Champions League. They're just crazy. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And I think losing that Champions League final has only fueled their fire more to spend more money, and that's just scary because they're already dominating the Premier League. You don't need Harry Kane now leading the line at City when you're Manchester United or Arsenal, Liverpool. You're trying to get that league. Oh, look, City are stronger now. They've got Harry Kane there. But reality is that's probably going to happen. I think City are looking further. They really want that Champions League win. Yeah, that that haunted them, I think, losing to Chelsea. I think that was theirs to lose. City were the favourites, and... They couldn't do it on the big stage. Couldn't do it in the EPL either, both times. Yep. So, look, I think if he makes the move to City, watch out, Europe. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it would be, be outrageous. So, now we're going to move on to one of my favourite segments. It's called This or That. This or That. So, I'm going to ask you a couple of this or that questions. You tell me what you prefer and we'll have a bit of a discussion over them. So, let's see if I can make them a bit difficult for you. I've got three. First one is, so if you can use one of these powers once, would you rather have the ability to go forward in time for one hour and then come back or go to the past for one hour and then come back? Go to the past for one hour and then come back. Where would you go? I'd go to see my nonno who's passed away now and I would be different towards him because I think when you're younger, you don't appreciate your grandparents a lot. Yeah. As you get older, you do. And I probably didn't appreciate him enough. So I would go back and spend a good hour with him if I could. Just thank him for, you know, being a strong figure in my life. I lived with my grandparents for four years growing up. So, you know, I probably could have been a little nicer to him. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a very good way to use it. See, I, I'm a bit different. I go forward in time. Forward? I go forward to this Thursday. Okay. 80 million in the Powerball. I want to know the numbers. You want to know the numbers? I just go there for an hour. Write down the numbers, make sure I've got them installed in the brain. Come back, win the 80 million, set up myself, set up my family for the rest of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Reality would be if I were to do that, I'd get one number confused. Yeah, I've got the numbers and I write the wrong one down. Oh, imagine. And then I stuff up. You still win a, if you just got one wrong, you still win some money. Oh, you still get something. But Not, nothing like that. I won't be setting anyone up anytime yeah, soon. No life changing No life changing money. You'd probably buy a car. Maybe, yeah. You could buy a Ferrari, maybe. You'd yeah. be right. Yeah. All right, number two. Would you rather not be picked in a squad for the team that wins the Champions League or play 90 minutes in a losing Champions League final? Oh, that's hard. That's a tough one. That is hard. No, I'd have to play. Even though you lose? Yeah, I have to play. I have to play. Yep. Wow. I have to play. I'm selfish. I have to play. 100%. I couldn't sit on the bench. And see you have no, a not even on the bench. You're not in the squad. Not you're even in the you're, squad. You're in the stands, yeah, nah, mate. Stands, I don't even get a medal. Mate. You don't get a medal, but you got the celebrations. Your team won the champion. I know. Though. I know. Yeah. Uh, now I sound like an idiot. Um. Nah, I, I have to play. You have to play. I have to play. Yeah. Being, I think just making it to Champions League final, you get a medal. Yeah, I still. That's what I'm saying. I'm getting a medal anyway, mate. <laughs> you want <the> medal. <laughs> I'm getting either runners up or, or a winner's medal. You know, I'll sit in the stands. I'll be drinking as much alcohol. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be chanting. I'll be leading the. I'll be leading the chance. You'll be in the cheer yeah, squad, I, eh? I'm still collecting a paycheck at the end yeah, of the day. You're still getting paid. That's yeah. right. As long as you're getting paid, who cares what's going on? <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny how the mine two have been based around money. It's not good. It's not good. I'm not money hungry. I promise. All right, number three. Would you rather lose all your teeth or lose a day of your life every time you kiss someone? I don't kiss many people, mate, so... What about, like, you know, 
grandparents, parents, well, family members. Every yeah. Time. That's a kiss on the cheek. Every like, time. Every, you know, you being Italian, I'm sure. Yeah, many, we do that. Many cheek kisses. Okay, so that's any sort of... Okay. Any sort of kiss. Um, well, my, I'm getting my front teeth fixed anyway soon, so... Let's lose those ones, and then I'll get the replacements in. No replacements. You just just gone forever. You're, you're Collingwood cheer squatting. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, I'll lose a day, or is it a day every kiss? You so every kiss you lose a day of yeah, your life. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll live to the fullest with what I've got. Yeah, I, if that was a choice, I'd probably pick that. I, I, I got to keep my teeth. Yeah, I'm very. I mean, I'm fixing them for a reason. Yeah, so. I mean, teeth are very important. They are. So I just have to. Sacrifice kisses If there was a situation Where I really needed To kiss someone <laughs> I guess I can I can give up a day Yeah It's only one day Imagine <laughs> <laughs> kiss someone Just die on the spot You That's died It was your last day. Yep, day Tomorrow was it bro Oh imagine <laughs> You're that You're finished mate <laughs> <laughs> Alright Leads us into our last segment Of the day Which is Josh's big call so This got made up Last week When I had Nick Ansel On the podcast I, I gave him a big call I said how I actually Liked the idea Of the Super League Okay So I've got another As we're talking about football We'll have another I have another football call and um, you tell me whether what your thoughts on it really. You don't have to agree. You don't have to disagree. You can be neutral with it. You can just say your thoughts. Let's do it. So, how many times do you watch a football game, and a team gets one nil up, two nil up? They play defensive. It's a boring game. They end up winning. Just you know, they score early. They defend, and it's a boring game. Well, it happens often. Happens a lot. How many times do you see teams maybe not pick their best squad because they're all going to finish top of the table? They're going to finish top of their group, and they play. Not their strongest squad. It happens a lot. Yeah. So, I've got a rule that I reckon should be added into football, which is if you beat a team by three goals or more, instead of three points, you get four points. So, it gives people reason to want to play for more. It, it gives people reason to want to score more goals. So, if you win by three goals. Yeah. So, if you, okay. if, if you win 5-2, five, two, five, two, you get four three. points. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, if you win, so, not only is it going to make teams continue to attack, Especially late in the season if a team's third on the ladder and the four points are going to make so much difference. Yeah. Instead of just playing for the three points and then playing, like, you know, getting their goal and playing safe just to make sure they've got the three points. They're like, nah, stuff this. We need those four we points. four points. Let's push. Yep. That. Also, they're going to push. So it's going to give the other team an opportunity to counter still. Yeah. So the other team might score. They'll be like, nah, we're not letting them have four points. Nah. Yeah, 100%. I yeah. think... It doesn't affect the team that loses because they're going to get zero points no matter zero, what. Yeah. They get zero, point, yeah. They get zero points no matter what. But it stops the game being a stalemate I, after a certain point. I think it'll make the game a lot more attacking, yeah. a lot more fun to watch. Yeah, you've got something to play for when you're 3-0 up. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you I agree. I reckon it's a good idea, actually. Yeah. I mean, in a reality, it's not going to happen. Not gonna happen <laughs> but, but if we were in charge of the Premier League or something, I'd say, you know what, new rule. That's exactly what's going to happen. There you go. So sign us up. Sign us up. That's Yeah, I like it. Really good call. Yeah. Big call, but good call. Big call, but good call. <laughs> good I like call, it. Mate. I like it. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been great. We've, um, you know, discussed the football news, what's going on, our predictions, our thoughts. Um, I'm going to get Joey on again before the Premier League season starts. We're going to do some EPL predictions. We'll and, do that. Yeah, we'll get him on a couple other times. Might do some AFL predictions the next season or maybe going into finals. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll get another episode out next week and we'll see you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you.